3: Hello and welcome to the 37th edition of the Premier View Tipperary GA podcast. I'm joined this week by a man that claimed he was the main man on an under-11 team that won a common in one school, the same team that had Paddy Maher. it's Mr Thorless himself, Sean Smith, and all the way from Toomey Vera. no, it's not a one for his lad, we couldn't afford him in the place, <laughs> you're very welcome. How are you doing, mate? <laughs> all right, first off, we'll um, we'll have a look back on the last couple of pods there, lads, Uh I suppose, whatever, 10 days ago, we had the, the fixtures master plan. Um, looking good for starting up in, in a couple of weeks' time.
1: Oh, definitely, for sure. Yeah, there's a couple the back trainer now, whatever, 200 yards away from where I am now recording this, so that's a good sign. And We haven't heard of any other changes since And the intercounty scene, but be good, kind of, get maybe the government announced something this week in relation to the plans down the route, aren't they? So hopefully that will kind of give the club an idea of where club mm-hmm. does the back on the feed, which is what? What, of, 99% of us
4: want yeah, so. Yeah, it's looking uh, by what we're hearing, that maybe the second or third week of May for clubs, uh, which would be great. Like, it'd be grand if we knew that straight away, but obviously we have to wait another while, but it's all looking good anyway. At least we'll be back watching some hurling anyway.
3: Absolutely, and we also had the um, interview with Damien Young, which seems to have gone down a treat all around the place, not only just in... in in Tipperary, um, it's quite a long one, but quite a good one. I thought it was. Uh, he's an interesting character, isn't he? He's is very good. Um, every question was answered, with, down to the minute
4: detail, and some things you'd never think of. You know, he just has a very big knowledge of the game and statistics in general in every sport. And just uh, yeah, I'd listen to that all day long. Now it was worth every minute of it. Went very quickly. It's always a good sign. Yeah,
3: Sean, you enjoyed that one.
1: Yeah, I'd follow echoing those words there as well and I just kind of saying well to our listeners if you have kind of friends and family maybe that aren't into hurling but into the fitness side of it definitely something to have listened to because it's about all sport in general playing as a whole it's not just focusing hurling and football so it's one thing to pass around and at the moment the feedback we're getting is showing that lads listen to it that might not be into hurling but listening for from damn known point of view where he's one of the best in the game at the moment to be honest
3: yeah I know he's, he's top class and and. Everything he does he does it with perfection and that's why he's in he's involved with the with the Cena hurlers. So moving on to the the draws lads were made today, um hurling and football. If we look at the, the hurling draw today, so the Munster Cena hurling championship, the quarter final, Clare versus Waterford, and the semi-final pairings are Limerick versus Cork and Tip are playing the winners of Clare and Waterford. I suppose going to the tip game first um is that a draw we wanted, semi-final first, which means we avoid the quarter-final, but I suppose that's like everything you, you lose that match, and you say you should have had a quarter-final, you win it, and it was, it was great. Uh, into what do you make of
4: it? It's unusual to see us straight into the semi-final, but um, mm-hmm. um, I, I, to be honest with you, a well, monster draw, there's was never really a, a very handy draw, and maybe, obviously, look, if um if you had to get Clare in a, in a semi-final, that would have been top of the list, but uh, I would have preferred to get Limerick, to be honest, Get them the first day, size them up, get a crack at them early. Um, I don't. I wouldn't like them to get ahead of steam and then play them. Do you know what I mean?
3: Yeah.
4: Um. um although, like we maybe a couple of matches more because we we were looking for the five league matches when we didn't know what the format was going to be. So maybe another couple of matches if we could get the wins under the belt and bed in lads into positions and get them playing well. Maybe that will benefit us more. But it's hard to know, like. Yeah.
3: Sean, uh, it's probably hard to look past Waterford in that in that quarter final. Their uh, Clare seemed to be up to nothing last year. Over the last couple of years, and obviously with all the turmoil that's going on down there, but uh, a Waterford semi final for Tip would, would whet the appetite. A lot of Tipperary men on the Waterford side with, with Cattle managing, and it could it could be a feisty one.
1: Yeah, exactly. And the defensive Waterford come through there. Clare haven't shown that in recent years, some Waterford run the up. But- it's one thing Tip kind of would like to have a go at that and kind of put it into Cal but kind of see where where they're at in terms of where we're at because Waterford last year were one thing that I thought improved usually, but was that Cal factor was the players whatever it was it was great and um, is that home in a way or what way is the monster? what way is that draw?
3: No the Hurling is uh, neutral venue so I neutral. mean if it, you'd imagine we'd be in Cork if we're playing Waterford and Limerick if we're playing clear we
1: won't be down there but for the players well, will well yeah <laughs> <laughs> It's hard mean, to you know what sort of
4: team Waterford are going to be this year, though. Like, they historically never put years back to back, really. And yeah. they're still new to Liam Cattle. I don't know. Um, they'll obviously still be fit and they'll still be organized, you know, Liam Cattle teams. But um, it's, it's great to have hurling in the summer. It's going to suit. Yeah. It's um, it's us, you know?
3: Just when you said about organization, I mean, obviously, Cahill, uh, he, he, had, he had the Waterford players only in fits and starts last year. But I mean, this year he's going to have the I was the same as everyone else, but five league games. It's, yeah. I think they'll be very, very organized and hard to beat because that's a Cal team, isn't it? You know they're hard to beat and they, they never, they never give up. Yeah, well, last year see, they
1: had the...
4: master like in the league. They played very well in the league and nearly forget about. It. There was such a gap between league and championship, so they were going well. Like so, he's he's very good at getting lads organized and getting them into a groove, isn't he?
3: Yeah.
1: The one thing I want for the last year, they had a kind of element of surprise. Mm-hmm. We know what to expect from him and improved every game this year. We know a bit more about him from last year. Um, mm-hmm. of teams, but and we've
4: been for teams. And there a few lads coming back as well, don't they? The, uh, Portman, will be back. And
3: the other guy. de, Bo- de Borker should be back, sure. Yeah.
1: And the other Shane Bennett as
4: well will be back, so. Mm-hmm.
1: They're household names, they can order.
3: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And the other semi final then pits Limerick, the All Ireland champions against Cork. Um, Probably a, a, looks like a match destined for Thurlis. It's hard to see past Limerick in that one as well. Luke. Yeah.
1: It's, I, it is, what, like, pens again and what Cork can produce, but they not, not exactly like producing loads of this, and I'm sure we can't really talk ourselves with the kind of, yeah. where last time we went down as well, but, it's hard to see past Limerick there.
4: Yeah, Although Cork seemed to have a kind of a number on Limerick, and when they played him at 19 in the first round, they gave them like, they absolutely blitzed them there. It seemed to, the way the hurl seems to suit them against Limerick, but maybe that's optimistic now. Maybe Limerick have gone on another gear since then and Cork aren't really going anywhere fast either. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you'd probably imagine a Limerick win there.
3: Yeah. In in a in a championship that is what going to start in what the twentieth of June and finish the twenty seventh of August, you're talking about nine, nine, ten weeks at the most. Mm-hmm. Are you better off going through the front door and playing four games for tip? Would that be the best option as to winning in all Ireland, or would the back door be, be the way to go?
1: I what think it's all
3: from this option. option. Sorry, sorry.
1: Kind of? This option's called straight through, wasn't it? Yeah, I'd be the same. We're winning, when they're winning, our mentality
3: changes. I yeah.
1: You
3: yeah. Know. yeah. No, I agree. Um, so the football draw was also made this morning, uh, fresh off winning Munster last year. The footballers got a semi-final, a semi-final draw, um, where they have to play the winners of Clary and Clare. Um, probably not. Probably wanted to avoid a quarter-final, but certainly didn't want Kerry in the semi-final, I'd imagine. No, look, I
4: mean, last year was absolutely fantastic. Um, worked out very well with Cork beating Kerry in the, in the semi-final and the wind and rain down in Parky The expectations will still be where they were before, the, before they won the Munster last year. If you can give them a good game, we're not going to beat Kerry, I'd Look, we're hurling men. but We were following the football fairly closely, but... Car like Kerry are a different animal. Like when we've historically, and we've played them in a few months for finals the last five, six, seven years. Gave them a good, good enough match, but they're gone to a different level now. It's with, with the minor teams that have come through. So um, yeah, it's going to be an early, early exit. I think.
1: There's no back door at some point,
3: is there? No, it's straight, it's straight knockout. Oh
1: Jesus
4: Christ! It's crazy. going like Kerry? Like.
3: Yeah, no, it's a, it's a, it's a home draw against Kerry. Will that count? Will that count for ever, anything? I suppose a home draw. You're you're probably looking at Torlas, and and as the footballers have been wanting to play in Torlas all the time. But in a game like that, are we better off bringing them to Clanmel yeah. or Nina? Even I
1: would
3: uh, yeah. bring them down to where fucking Templary <laughs> somewhere.
1: Yeah, and I would, yeah, you're right. their stadium isn't going to benefit us. Good if you could get cups out the fans. in again, like. Local people might get behind if it was a crowd, but knocking the crowds at it, So they're trying to get a revenge you can, to be honest.
3: Yeah, like, uh, I mean, this team obviously will want to be pushing on. Uh, this is what, the, last year was their second semi-final in five years, but and um, they'll want to be taking a big scalp um, yeah. in a Division One team in in, in in the championship. Uh, Kerry will probably be hurting, I presume, from last year. It'll, it, it's a tough ask for them, isn't it? Yeah, it's a pity there's no back door. Like, at least you'd have that
4: to fall back on. you could give him a good rattle.
1: That's the thing. Yeah, he could go out and say, I mean, a bit cautious in the game. Yeah. He could go out and give it all, lose by two points instead of being cautious and still losing by a couple points. No, that's the one thing. The back door is a killer now. Man. Yeah,
3: like, but I, I suppose the nature of that tip team is that they're not cautious. Well, they certainly haven't been. I do know whether that tech changes this year, but I don't see it with the players we have. But I mean, we, we speak about the tip, the, the Harlan team needing. Uh, kind of a player, maybe on every line, or certainly every second line going up along. The, the footballers need another option as a f- forward scoring forward. I mean, you you are wholly reliant on Connor Sweeney to to get the majority of your scores. They probably need a lot more from Quinlevin maybe um, in the half forward line to to uh, on the scoring side of things.
4: Yeah, he was a bit quiet. I remember. Obviously, people are going to remember the Munster final. He played well enough. He was very quiet in the matches before that. Um you need you need to be contributing heavily. Look like if they if they play well, they're well capable of giving Kerry a game. But you just be afraid of the bounce back. If Kerry Kerry are gonna be very eager to make up for last year against Cork. It's a long it's been a long wait for them trying to get back to action now. So um a, a good show on there now and maybe hopefully build for the following year, as I said. Off the pity there's no qualifiers to build on, maybe. Yeah. Um, that's just to look at it the way it is now, sure.
3: Yeah, that's, uh, that's it. So that's the draws um, done for, for so we know where we're going and, and we have Lee coming up now starting in, in three weeks' time. As Sean said, the boys are back training tonight, the hurling and football, I presume. So it's great to have, have inter-county action and, and something to be looking at and looking forward to um, over the next couple of weeks. There is, uh, just to, to recap on on the last uh, podcast as well, there is a county board meeting. I think the clubs were, were looking for a county board meeting. So there's one due on the 28th of April which I think is, is good news for for the clubs certainly a lot of the north clubs and south clubs have been had been looking for for that meeting um so now we will move on to the next section and uh, we are going to find out whether it is true that Sean Smith is a better hurler than Paddy Maher at under 11 <laughs> he's an old school teacher. Fergal O'Reilly from Melbourne joins us on the podcast, an expat from Arville Rovers, Tipperary Town, um, in the first of our World Series. Uh, Fergal, you're very welcome to the Premier View podcast. Thanks very much, Michael. So, Fergal, as I, I said in the introduction, you're, you're out in Melbourne. Um, how, how did you end up in Melbourne? What took you on your travels? Ah... Uh... Let me put it this way,
2: Michael. Probably the love of a good woman. That's, that's the reason why my, my wife is that, Australian. And I met the downfall her. of us all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it probably is. Um, I, I started traveling way many, many years ago and met my wife, and she's obviously Australian. She's got dual citizenship, Scottish originally. So she wanted to move back out to be close to her father and, and her siblings. And I said, yeah, no problem. Let's go. You know. Yeah, so nice. that's the reason why I'm here, Michael.
3: Yeah. And, and how long are you in, in Melbourne now? Uh, on and off, I reckon
2: I'm here about 11 years, maybe 12 years, on and off at different times trying to get visas sorted and the whole lot. So, yeah, yeah definitely a decade anyway, Michael.
3: Yeah. So, um, obviously, there's there's probably a pretty good Irish community in, in Melbourne, but uh, did you did you ingrate yourself into the, the GA? Um, was that something you went looking for? Uh, how did you get involved in, in, in GA in Melbourne?
2: I, I suppose, Michael, growing up in Ireland, uh, my dad is a massive GA follower and a GA supporter. Um, GA was always at my front door, going over to Avril Rovers as a juvenile, participating in, in the monasteries, CBS, and in the Abbey and the Hurling and Gaelic football, and then becoming a teacher myself and teaching in Turles for, for 16 years. Uh, the GA was always in you know, in, involved in my life and it was bred into me that I always go to a match on the weekend. And then when I, I had three kids of my own, I wanted to keep the the connection with Ireland the you know the importance of our heritage and our culture and I don't want my three children to lose out on what I was brought up with now I know there's obviously other sports over here that they get involved with in, but I went looking to actively get involved with a club over here and I became involved with project Pierces back in 2013 when I moved back over for good and the reason why I moved back or so the reason why I joined project Pierces was they were the closest to me Because as you can gather, Melbourne is a big, big city with a big population. And where I live, uh, I just try to geographically see which was the closest one. And they happen to be 20 minutes down the road. But Michael, most people, Irish people, when they come over here, backpackers, they live in St Kilda. So they change the the training location to, to St Kilda. And it then takes me an hour and 10 minutes to get to training. From 20 minutes to an hour and 10 minutes. And people say you're crazy when I tell them at home. And I said, "Yeah, but it's the GA. I just do it for the love of the GA." So it takes me an hour and ten minutes to get there and train the boys. And and then, obviously, I wanted to get involved with the kids. And then an the opportunity arose in 2016.
3: Yeah, and uh, I got involved with. It. Yeah, so so you're talking about young young Melbourne, or, or uh, as we know it on Facebook, it's Kids Melbourne yes. GA, and um, that that seems like a very interesting thing to be involved in. I suppose from a you hear of, as you said, of of people that go under travels and they get involved in, in in the GA. But to have a juvenile club out there, it must take a lot of setting up. And and, and who's involved in in that?
2: Initially, Michael, it was uh, an idea that uh, was born out of a Dublin guy, Keith Kavanagh, and a Kilkenny man, Michael Comerford, and being over here and having young kids as we all do the Irish community we try and do things to promote as I said our Irish heritage and our culture and we they set up uh, Kids GA Melbourne back in 2016 and it was kind of like an ad hoc basis and people started to come and we had kids from three years of age and two years of age up as far as 16 years of age and they saw that the potential was there but it had to be organized properly and you know, form a committee and the whole lot so that everything would be okay. And then other pe- people became involved. Um, Carol Walsh, who is now the chairperson of our club, Young Melbourne GA, um, his dad was highly involved. God rest his soul. He passed away last year and he was highly involved in the GA and Croke Park level administration level was involved with Croke Park being opened up to all the games. And Carroll himself played football for Clare in 1992. I don't know if you remember the famous Munster mm. final. He was the sub-goalkeeper on that squad. So he had his background there as well. And other Irish people came involved. you got the, the Tries from Dublin and Tipperary, Catherine and, and Kevin. You had a, a lady from out the road in Kilshan, down the road from Tiptown, called Jean Crow, of the, the famous Crows from Kilshan. There's so many of them there, Jean won't even mm. mind me saying it and you, you had um, fellas from Tyrone, you the Cores, Barry Corr and Karen, his wife, and you had Brendan McAleer. You then have a uh, former Cork hurler, Shawnee O'Leary. He's from um, Watergrass Hill. He has young kids. So everyone came together, pulled together. Then Keith Kavanagh um, and his wife, Anne, I'm probably going to forget people now because there's so many people on our committee to try and keep it going, all with the same goal to do something for, not just for Irish kids that are involved. And um, there's a guy there from Tipperary town called Michael Tobin and his wife, Mary Anne, they have a, uh, they're involved and Mary Anne's on the committee as well. And they wanted to keep that Irish connection mm-hmm. and to open it up to other communities around Melbourne. So we have kids from the age, as I said, two up to 16, but they're not only Irish, they're Vietnamese. We've got a young Vietnamese boy. Um, we have a few uh, Australian born and bred, and nothing to do at all with Irish connections. They just saw this advertisement, they were going to give it a go and they really enjoyed it. Came down because it's, it's a fun-loving, non-competitive environment is what we're trying to create. Mm-hmm. And Young Melbourne, it was originally Kids GA Melbourne Incorporated. And then we saw a vision through Carolyn, and Keith and all of the committee that we want to set a pathway for those kids that lose the interest around 15 and 16 years of age to go and play for a young Melbourne team rather than playing for another team that there are other clubs out here. There are seven other clubs. Why not pay for young Melbourne? So that's why we rebranded ourselves to young Melbourne to give that pathway that they'll represent us as a club at a senior level in years to come. That's hopefully fingers crossed. We keep the numbers coming down and they're healthy at the moment, Michael, but it's, it's a struggle at times trying to, keep the interest there because we got to travel from all different locations and find a central location to, to, to keep it in. But we do a lot of, you know, You mentioned it there. We do a lot of work on Facebook and Instagram. We've got Emma. She's um from Dublin and she does a lot of work there on Instagram for us. And then we've got Seamus Walsh. She does a lot of work for it as well. And there's loads of people involved. Michael let all have Irish connections. Melanie Walker is um our PRO and she, she is actually got Irish connections to her, Family history going back. So I, I think I've left no one out of the committee there. They'll probably kill me if I have, but I apologize <laughs> if I have. But but that was the reason why, Michael, and it was just to give the out you know, the opportunity to our own children. This is what we grew up with. This is we're trying to um give that flavor, that taste to the to children of our own our own children and to children of other backgrounds that just want to come down because their friends said this is really cool. This is good. Come down. And and we had a competition there recently and was actually won by an all Australian team that beat us they were just an AFL club and they beat our young Melbourne team in the finals so it was it was enjoyable but you know that yeah. as you know yourself the more you get out there the more the word is spread the more people come involved and and our season is 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 split it goes from October to March because the AFL footy season starts in April so we don't like to cross over because we have lots of kids that play afl afl footy. My son plays it mm-hmm. and he likes it so he goes from April to to September doing AFL and then October to March my son and my two my two sons and my daughter they do the Gaelic football in hurling so that's the reason Michael why we'd had Young Melbourne and we're going well and hopefully fingers crossed we'll keep going in the future.
3: Yeah and so, so just speaking of the future what is the long term goal of Young Melbourne you, you mentioned having a um, to having an adult club do you not mm-hmm. have an adult side of the club at the moment and is that what no.
2: Not not at the moment, no. Mo- most of our kids are of the age group of 16 um, and 17. We don't have a, a young Melbourne adult club, but they, it will be set up. Our goal next year, because there's two events, there's the Gary Owen 9s, Gary Owen are a club, and my own club, the Podge Pierce's 7s. The intention is to bring a few of us like me out of retirement to play um a bit of football in the Gary o nines and the Pierce's 7s as a representative team, play with Keith Cavanagh's son, Robbie, um, Barry Coors son, uh, uh, Charlie, um, Carol Walsh's son, Matthew, uh, Roisin, Tobin, which is Marianne, and Michael Tobin's daughter, uh, Cianne Walsh, Barry Walsh from up the north, he's another man on our committee, to get us all playing, just to give the outlet there to, 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 um, to those kids at that stage. But uh, that's... That's the goal for next year, but we also have goals that we're going to have a type of a failure down under, similar to the failure at home, mm-hmm. that kids at under 14 level would experience that, and we will play games, hopefully, with Geelong. Geelong have a team. Geelong Gales is what they're called, and we're uh, Adelaide have a team. There's a club down in Adelaide. You've got Perth, you've got Western Australia, and there's also Kids GA Victoria, another club here in Victoria as well. So bring all those clubs together, you have an opportunity to have a failure. So yeah. that's awesome. what we're hoping
3: sounds brilliant sounds brilliant um so you you mentioned obviously that that's a new club what are the main difficulties in running a ga club would say in in australia and would say distances traveled getting pitches i suppose would be something that that might be hard to come by Um,
2: i yeah i can only speak for um the pierces that i'm involved with and also with um young melbourne that i'm involved with young melbourne first of all um Brendan McAleer is a uh, school teacher like myself, and he has a perfect secure grounds and has permission from his school principal that we can train there. Mm. And it's safe, it's secure. That's all the parents want. Their child is know that they're, they're in a safe location for two hours. So we use that school ground and then the pierces um, have had connection with a local AFL club called powerhouse. And we train there. On, uh, and I'm sure you know, you've heard of Powerhouse from your Cap White connections. Yeah. And we, we trained there on a Tuesday night and on a Thursday night. And that connection was born out of just going up and asking and saying, what's the opportunity of, you know, we're looking for somewhere to train. Most of our players are based around St Kilda. Is there an opportunity that we could forge a relationship here? And that's how that came about. So we 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 play we train out of Powerhouse, our ladies' side and our gents side. And then we play up in our MIT at the weekend so it is difficult trying to get a location. You've <laughs> you've no real permanent location, but you know it's um. But we we have forged good relationships and and if you have a good relationship and keep it going, you'll be welcome back every year, year upon year. So yeah,
3: and and just just suppose when you said permanent location, obviously if you look at New York and there's uh, Gaelic Park and Rice in London. Is there is is that a, a long term goal that there would be a home for Melbourne GA? In in Melbourne at a, a total GA facility, I suppose.
2: Fingers crossed, Michael.
3: Yeah, fingers crossed. You know,
2: it's just, you know, their long-term goals. You you've, you put them yep. down and you try and achieve them. Yeah, so
3: there would yep. be one. Yeah, Gaelic Park, hopefully. Yeah. Um. So, would they, do you get much assistance now from from I suppose home from Crow Park? Would 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 they would they be involved in 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 Melbourne in young Melbourne GA? I suppose it's one you, you probably have a, a good knowledge of.
2: Yeah, you know, you would you'd apply to Croke Park for the, um, uh, funding for a grant. You know, the Irish diaspora are avail- you're allowed to apply for a funding grant and you lay out certain uh ideas that you have and goals that you're trying to achieve, and they assess it and you know they like to look after the people abroad and to see that this is developing Irish heritage and Irish culture abroad and spreading their wings far and wide to say that this is us, this is what we do, and this is Promoting GA on an international front, so yes, there would be funding available from Croke Park. You can get tickets to all Ireland finals if you know in advance <laughs> that your team's going to qualify. Oh, yeah. You know, but you know, you you can apply for tickets, but that's a bit of a potluck because you yeah. want to be you trying to get over to Ireland and the whole lot unless you get Michael McCarthy to hand you a few tickets or something <laughs> you'll be alright you know? those, so.
3: day, those days are gone those days are gone
2: I think I handed you a few Michael on my day as well <laughs> maybe <so>. maybe <laughs> but no so, yes you, you, we do apply for grants and we yeah. we, we, we have been a successful Catherine our, our, our treasurer has been successful on a number of occasions of getting it for Young Melbourne so yeah. but sponsorship you look for sponsorship out here as well from the local uh, um, businesses that have an Irish connection. And there would be a few of them, like Organic Choice. They would support the uh, Irish-Australian Chamber of Connors. They would support in some way um, the pub game. We get a few sponsors from pubs like Jimmy O'Neill's or or um, The Quiet Man in Flemington sponsors mm-hmm. Portrait Pierces. And um, then you have other companies like lagging companies, a big lagging company there that's, that are willing to help out in different in different ways because once again they have that Irish connection they feel that touch of home to keep at home they know that their child someday if touch wood that they have children will make their will make an appearance down at training and and you know you're putting back into the community as well so
3: yeah so from your your playing days with Padraig Pierce's, um what's like what are the championships like in in Melbourne how are they structured?
2: Um, we do it on a league and league basis, and you have your semi-finals and final, and then championship is straight knockout. Nice. So there's 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 seven teams. You've got um, Pierce Pierce's ourselves. You've got Garyon, Wolftones, Shin Féin, Saint Kevin's, and Geelong. Now there is another GA team called Melbourne Shamrocks, but they only focus on hurling. Okay. Right. So, um, the football would have the other um, teams in it, and you'd have a senior a seniors senior competition and an intermediate competition the intermediate bore out of the fact that um, there were so many people traveling here before COVID there was loads of players loads of numbers so the intermediate was created and then COVID hit and a lot of people went home so but the intermediate is still going it's, it's still surviving this year shall we say and we're in the middle of the league as it is at the moment And then the champion, we take, um, I suppose the greatest thing about it is, and I hope this could be implemented at home in Ireland, is that, you know, in advance of when your fixtures are. And, you know, that weekend is free for you or that weekend, you've got a game that weekend and whether it's an intermediate game or a senior game, and then your championship fixtures are fixed as well. So if a guy is here backpacking around and he's only here for six months. And you you know he's a seriously good footballer or a seriously good hurler. You can say, here, can you commit to here for six months and then go about your travels because you'll be finished the first weekend in July. Yeah. And you know that for a fact that it's going to be finished the first weekend in July. So it's a league basis for the league uh, title and then it's championship basis, knockout, straight knockout, the old style of the 80s and the 90s. There you go. One, or even at the moment with the football, with the COVID, so at home, it's going to be knockouts. So. Uh,
3: what would you compare the standard to now in, in we'll say se- senior football in, or a hurling in, in Melbourne? What would you compare that standard to here in Tipperary?
2: I go with the football first, uh, Michael. Um, I, pl- I was pleasantly surprised when I started with the Pierce's that the standard was so high. You had boys that had left Ireland because of the recession, and had stayed there for a good number of years until Ireland got back on its feet. And these boys had played inter-county football uh, for Dublin, for Kerry, for Sligo, for uh, Cork, for Tipperary. The standard was very, very high. And I was pleasantly surprised and being an outfiel at that time when I was playing, I, I, I got a run around it a few times by a few of them. And even Jamie Clark made an appearance from the arm-air footballer. Uh, Satento Halpin made an appearance. Isaki Halpin made an appearance. Uh, you know, so the standard was very, very, very good. Um, it has dropped off a bit, which is obviously because of COVID. And but the standard is still really good, you know, it's not as probably at the heights that it was in the 2013 to 2016 and so on. But you know, the 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 heights are still good, and the hurling would be the same. You have a lot of lads, Tipperary hurlers that are out here that have played into county for Tip, fellas that have played into county for Cork, Kilkenny lads. And um, you have a few boys up the north from Antrim that played inter-county hurling. So the Peter Duggan from Clare was out here playing Hurland as well. So you have guys that are going traveling the world, training isn't too taxing, and you're here to enjoy yourself. You get in with a team, you'll get a job. Hopefully, someone will put you in with the right connections, and and you know, you'll you'll stay loyal to them. You, you'll turn up on a Sunday and play the games. But as I said already, the avid advantage is your, your fixtures are set in stone by Gaelic Games, Victoria, uh, by Liam and his great team there, Jack Anderson, the Dune man, and um, Claire Gallagher would be a, a sister of Rory Gallagher, mm-hmm. the inter-county manager, so three of them run a really good ship and they, you know, they they tell you in advance of the game, so that's all boys want, am I available that weekend? I am or I am not, and an example of it, like, if a guy came over, like, say, for example, a very good friend of mine is Brian, Brian Lowry, when he arrived here, first of all, I took him down training and I just said to one of the boys involved with the pierces. I know he's uh, uh, involved in construction. I said, have you any work going? And he said, not at the moment. Ten hours later, Brian gets out of the bed in the morning in my house. He said, that guy's after ringing me. He said, fella never turned up for work this morning. Can you bring me into him? And I said, yeah, not a problem. And Brian is still working. You know? mm-hmm. So it, yeah. it works that way. So, you know, then, and um, he got it to the club. So the club is, is all important. So, yeah, the standard is 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 good, Michael there's guys that come out here to go traveling for the for the year the one one year and don't stand here don't some stay here and some move on but the, yeah i was up at a hurling match on on saturday night standard was really good wolf tones won by, by 517 to 217 against the melbourne shamrocks and then i was up yesterday at football senior football match and our has won by a point three uh sorry 312 to 214 against the wolf tones so no the standard is a good standard and Fellas seem to enjoy themselves. Fitness probably not the greatest, <laughs> as you can imagine, fellas like the like their their to enjoy the life out here as well. So we don't mind about that. It's just giving the games and getting the games going. and probably talking too much about that. But anyway. Oh, um,
3: so you you spoke about obviously back in I suppose from two thousand seven, two thousand eight, the downturn, you had plenty of people um, travelling um, because of, of the lack of of, of uh, opportunities here in Ireland. Um but yeah. that that has that has probably we're on we're on the way back up and people aren't Mm -hmm. traveling as much um, out of necessity Uh, you you did say about people that are backpacking and so on and you have them for for the year and that but is there much of a turnover in in um, in in the GA out there is it is there a lot of guys that are just in and out for that six months and you're you're constantly you don't know from I suppose from this year to next year what kind of standard you are or is there a cohort of people that are there consistently you would have a mixture of both you'd have your your
2: your cohort of of a, guy, a few guys that would be there a good number of years like in, involved with the pierces you have um, Fergus Reen, a Kerry man Kieran Clancy from from you've Conor McShane from up in county down up the north you have um a couple of lads like that would be there for the for the long haul and then you have boys that are coming and going. you know they're they're here for the year and they commit and for that six months period and then they head off so you do have like probably the greatest place and it's a bit a uh, bit ironic but the greatest place for recruitment is recruitment is the pub
4: mm-hmm.
2: you know you say to a fella on a, on, on a Tuesday night or a Monday night come down training on, on Thursday night and I'll give you a job and play for us on Sunday you know that kind of way so you try to recruit every year as much as possible it'd give as give as much opportunity but then you have some guys that are all Australian but their parents are Irish Now, we have a couple of those playing on on the Pierce's squad. Uh, Michael Duffesey would be one of them and Tom Keelty would be another lad. They're both Australian, born and reared, but their parents are from Ireland Mm -hmm. and they bring value to the club as well because their parents want their kids to experience what it's like playing Gaelic games. So, to answer your question, Michael, you do have a turnover every year and we won the championship in 2018 and I'd say there's, off that team, off the top of my head, I think there's about two involved, out of of maybe 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 three or no, sorry, four involved out of the twenty-one because you can only have a panel of twenty-one. Right. So you name you need to name a panel of twenty-one for the championship and twenty-four for the league. And um, there's there's about four, I'd say, that are
3: still involved since 2018. So there's quite 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 a big turnover. But I suppose you still uh, you you mentioned would say especially with young Melbourne GA. uh, like, I mean, here in Ireland, we have the problem of trying to keep guys interested at that, that 15, 16, 17 level. Mm. Same yeah. same issues in Melbourne, in, well, same issues yeah. travel all around the world. Yeah, same issues, Michael, because they don't have, with
2: young Melbourne, when they're 15 or 16, they're not fully developed as a uh, physically to play senior football or senior hurling and uh, so there's no minor age level or anything like that we don't have anything like that there used to be a minor state team but there would just be a collection of boys that were playing afl come together and and play the minor championship in the state games but we're trying to create that pathway for the 15 16 17 year olds to play with a few old heads like me and keith and carol and that to 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 play the to, to graduate into a and into a young melbourne senior club and if the word goes out there this is a good game like it's off it's it's only it's not during the afl season let's go play this and keep our fitness up you'll get more australians coming to play you know but the vision is always there michael but whether you can execute the vision is the is the issue you know and i know and i i know what you're talking about from that age group of 15 16 and 17 at home it's 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 a difficult period of of a teenager's life you know so to try and keep them interested you just try and offer the best quality of what you can you know so we
3: we saw in, in New York last season, I think it was, where an all American team, um, say of, of fifteen guys that were born in America won the senior football championship. Is that mm-hmm. is that something you would love to see happen in in Melbourne? That oh, would, yeah. is that is that a, yeah. a, 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 that
2: that's Oh, that would be a goal. Uh, I'll give you an example. Geelong Geelong down the road now is about an hour and a half, an hour and a half down the road that travel up for games. And um, great men down there, a fellow called John Reaney, the, the heavily involved, a Dublin guy from Aarons Isle, and he's got a. I'd say the majority of their team are now all Australian. That just yeah. got involved through word of mouth, came down, enjoyed the game, and they're doing great work. They've got the Geelong Grasshoppers as their juvenile section of the club, and they've also got a a ladies team that participates in the sevens and the nines, and I refereed them in the in the sevens competition and they were they're just all, every one of their team was Australian, the girls team, and they got to the semi-final of the sevens, you know. So, yeah, you'd, you'd like to think that's the goal, but you hope as well that you get enough of volunteers to, to drive that as well, to be there, to drive it on. And it's like at home as well, to get the, the people on the ground to be that volunteer body, to drive that forward is, is the thing, you know. So that would be the, the, the ultimate goal and, and, you know, ambition. But huh, who knows?
3: Exactly. So, just come back to yourself. Uh, obviously, I mentioned at the top you were from Tipperary Town. Uh, what was yep. your playing career with Arbour Rovers like? Have you any uh, standout memories? Uh,
2: checkered, I suppose, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> I I I came to a game uh, involved with the senior club when the senior club were in transition. It was coming to the end of of our of our nineteen eighty five county winning team the last, time we won the county senior football championship. And um, I got involved in 1993-94. I was on the senior squad and. Lost a lot of West Senior Finals, got relegated from Senior Football in 2006. We won the County Intermediate in 2007. Andy Lacey was our captain, got back up Senior Football, which was hard to do at the time when you're, you know as well, with Kappa White being relegated from Senior Hurling, how difficult it can be to, to bridge that That's gap. Fair. And we bridged it in a year, and we've managed to keep up at Senior Football. But I suppose my, my best memory was winning the West Senior title in 2011. Mm-hmm. Because that's all I have is one West Senior Middle, and they're they're hard to come by, and we haven't won a county, and we did have, we did have a golden age of 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 um juvenile players. Like if I go back to two thousand and two, we won county A football under twelve, under fourteen, under sixteen minor A championships, and then won with the bulk of those kids won the county under twenty one A football championship in 2011 but we couldn't seem to bridge the gap with the county senior we got a few semi-finals but we just didn't get over the hurdle and we're probably jealous of our neighbors out the road in Bansha and up in Aherlow and down the road in Care, winning one title and two titles in the in the early noughties but yeah my my career was was checkered and in the hurdle and then I wasn't I wouldn't say I was a standout I played it you know for the love of the club and the whole lot but yeah I went through a transition period of but I enjoyed more um coaching and training with the juveniles you know because yeah. that's that's what I've always been a school teacher I was always training teams so yeah and the likes of to seeing those boys grow and develop and and, the, and the girls when they became involved as well you know so it was important to see but no my career was checkered shall we say uh, Michael not much success at senior level but juvenile level yeah there was there was good success we had good teams at juvenile but just as you said Michael we couldn't seem to keep them the 17 18 year olds after that age group going away to college things like that work and 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 travel we lost a couple of lads and that really affects the team as you know so
3: you know so uh, my next question you probably answered it and we probably can all get the answer from from your passion for GA in Melbourne but does being away from home but being involved in the GA make you feel closer to home is that yeah is that 100
2: 100 yeah, 100%, 100%, yeah did, because um I love going up like like I did on at home love going on a Sunday or a Saturday because we floodlights where we play so I can go up on a Saturday night and I take up my kids and we watch the games and it's just that connection and 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 it reminds you of of home you don't want to lose that connection you know it's a, an intrinsic thing and you 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 just like to have it and to keep it and and I think I'm passing it down to my my children as well and hopefully they'll bring touch wood if they have kids they'll bring their yeah. my grandchildren or their children you know and even bring their friends you know so yeah. Uh, yep. I do so, enjoy it and it keeps the connection.
3: Yeah. So with younger young Melbourne GA, do, do do you see that the expats bring their children to training for that feeling of being Irish? I presume that's that, that's the same. It all plays into the yeah, same. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I would I would imagine so. Yeah. That, I've never actually asked them, but I would say so. But to see, to see young four year olds with hurleys in their hand reminds you of what you did yourself in your own club. Yeah. Or to see a, a four year old kick a, a goal and, and another thing about the Irish community, Michael, as well, that we have so many. AFL players and AFLW players, the Irish people I'm talking about, yeah. they give back to us as well. Like Mark Keane, uh, Ke- Mark Keane that scored the winner for Cork against Kerry in the Munster Championship last November, uh, came down and did a training session with with the kids at Young Melbourne. Uh, Aileen Gilroy, that plays for Mayo Senior Ladies, and she also plays for for um, North Melbourne Kangaroos out here in the AFLW. She came down for a training session and Keane McBride, who was a Mead uh, uh, County player, plays for Essendon he came down and gave us a session as well. So I tried to get Zach Toohey and and Mark O'Connor, but they're a bit down the road in Geelong, you know, maybe that might be in the future, they might turn up and do a lot, but know, the Irish community come together. Parents want to come and see it. And not just uh, Irish parents, there's Australian parents that come that have some sort of an an Irish connection. Their friend might be Irish or they might have Irish ancestry. You just don't know who turns up on the day, but everyone is welcome, you know, so...
3: So you, you mentioned um, social media and you have a good social media team down there. But um, from, from looking at like Instagram and that, there seems to be a very social side to, to your game down there. Is that something that we should look to develop back here to keep people involved? Do you think is that something that you strive for?
2: Um, the Pierces, I can only speak from the Pierces yeah. and from Young Melbourne, as you, as you can gather. But um, all the clubs seem to have a good social side. Yeah. So we, we like to organise events where people can get involved and, you know, it mightn't just be just going to the pub because that's a standard Irish thing that they do. But like like the Pierce's yeah. uh, a couple of years ago, we organised go-karting for the, all the men's and ladies' squads, yeah. the football squads. I went off go-karting, the club paid for it. You didn't have to put your hand in your pocket and um it just bonded the, the team together. Um, the Young Melbourne side, we have a weekly barbecue. So the kids come and they train, and then after training they have their 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 sausage, or they have their um burger or whatever they have, and then the parents mix and mingle and get to know one another. So, and then you have or you you organise social events for the adults to get out without the kids, yeah. if possible, at times to have that you know that social yeah. connection as well. So yeah, there is lots of social things that happen, and um, it's important. It's important that you know you get out there and you you're you're proud of where you come from but you're also getting to know new people as well, because sometimes it can be hard being 17,000 kilometres from home. You like to make a connection with people and so on. So, you know. And,
3: and is there a cultural, cultural side to, to the GA in Melbourne and, and your own club, uh, Padre Pierce's, would say, obviously we have score here, but like the Irish dance and Irish music, is that something that's important? Um, in oh the yeah. Community?
2: Yeah. 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 The, 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 um, the Pierce's themselves, like obviously named after Podrick Pierce, as you can imagine, the 1916 mm-hmm. revolutionary and so on. Um, there would be uh, people in involved in the club that would be traditional music players, and they'd have a session. There's a group called Alma Road that are all just Project Pierce's players, mm-hmm. you know, boys, and, they, and, they, and, they, and the and and the girls are involved. We had um, you have uh, Irish dancing groups out here as well you know, and you've, Mary Ann that's on our committee, very involved with Kyoltis, and, and, you know, you have that Irish culture, just as, it's all back to again, Michael, you know, Ireland's a great place, and you want to keep that connection to home, and you want to keep that, that uh, tangible, um, connection, as I'm saying, you know, whatever you do out here, it brings back to your roots, or brings you back to your parents' roots, or whatever it might be, you know, so,
3: yeah, definitely there is a
2: good cultural side to it.
3: Good, good. So, um, I suppose just from, from uh, the Australian point of view. Then the, you mentioned powerhouse, and, and there was a bit of success with powerhouse, I suppose, going back uh, in the early two thousands. I think you were part of that team, and you know, and James was as well. But um, did, did you you play you played Aussie rules? Was there much of a difference between?
2: I, I and- my 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 career now with Aussie rules, Michael <laughs> was very short lived. I I realised how quick you had to be. I'm um, getting rid of that ball before you get absolutely pulverized, you know, because the, the tackle is different in in this situ- yes. In that situation, but um, yeah, there is a major difference as regards um, tackling. Is, is is something that you if you're not born like as I gave an example to my kids in my classroom over here when I showed them hurling on YouTube or we do a replay of Kilkenny of and Tip in the 2010 All Ireland or something like that because I've nothing else to do in the classroom that day or something. They're amazed that like they're not getting hurt. And I said, but if you grow up with the sport, you know how to mind yourself. You know how to take care of yourself. You're not going to get badly injured if you grow up with it and you knew what you knew how to to avoid that 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 um hit of the hurl or something like that. And same with AFL. If you didn't grow up learning how to tackle properly, you're going to get hurt because you think you have time on the ball, but you don't because you're you you can be hit and you can be you can you can suffer the consequences later. So my career was short-lived. I realised that I was no good at this game because I was old and I was just giving it a go for the, for the, for the, for the fun of it and enjoyment of it. But yeah, definitely AFL is a sport that, um, I can see, um, it's a really enjoyed by a lot of people to see it here as their number one sport and they love it. And I can see the reasons why and to get around it. They have a culture themselves and, yeah. you know, we have my son has has started AFL as I said yesterday because last year of COVID he didn't get to play but yesterday was his first game and to see that connection, um, with the club, that's what we're trying to create with the Irish community over here with the Irish GA games as well and I think we're going on the right track you know we we we've developed it.
3: So just something interesting you mentioned there now. Um, obviously you played, you've played uh, Gaelic football and you've played as a bit of Aussie rules and you mentioned the tackle and just and you coach obviously as well at, at, at GA and Gaelic football. So the, the big thing here in in the GA is the tackle or, or the definition of the tackle. The Aussie rules tackle is, is very defined. It is what it is. You you can grab around the waist and pull it down or whatever. It, yeah. Does the GA or need a defined tackle is that something that you would find hard from a coaching point of view would
2: say? it's a good question Michael it's it's a hard one to answer um the, def- the definition of the tackle in my opinion at home in Ireland is shoulder to shoulder man to man going for the ball challenge challenge properly for for the ball but then you can do different ways that you can learn how to tackle yourself um, without going shoulder to shoulder is that a is that legal or is that not legal? It's it's a hard one to say, whereas you have a clearly defined in AFL. You can go from the shoulders down to as far as the waist. You know, they can t- t- drag a guy down, pin his arms. He can't get rid of the ball. It's, you know, it's a free, it's a turnover of ball. Um, I'm not going to solve the situation <laughs> of the tackle in Ireland, but um, I like the, the old style definition, man on man or woman on woman, shoulder to shoulder, battling for the ball. I don't... I. I can see why Sean Kevin a couple of years ago dragged your man down, cynical tackle. But what was the what was the retribution for it? Yeah, nothing really. You know what I mean. So well, I can't answer that one, Michael. I'd have to go. I'd have to go on the GA committee at home to, to, to sort that one. But there's probably better fellas that could answer that one. But
3: right. yeah, but, it's, it's a so, tough one. It's, yeah. Just on on the AFL side of things. So obviously over the weekend we had a, a great temporary success, I suppose, when when Order the Wire lifted the AFLW. And um, are those yeah. players? Are they, um, what's the impact of those players on, on your community out there? Um, you, you mentioned you had Markeen and, and, and Aileen Gilroy down, witchy Orla then obviously being a tip woman, Ashley McCarthy is out there as well, but Orla Dwyer winning, and we had Ty Kennelly previously, but Orla winning now must be a huge boost, I suppose, for, for young girls in, in your club, but just in general, I suppose, for the community.
2: Yeah, it, it, I suppose it's it's like when you're getting access to an intercounty county Tipperary hurler or an intercounty county Tipperary footballer, like, say, for example, Conor Sweeney that teaches in the Abbey in Tiptown. Um, If they're readily available to come and help, it just generates such an interest, not just among Irish people, but people of Australian, you know, of background, because here's Mark Keane, who's, who plays for Collingwood, or here's Keane McBride, who's playing for Essendon, or Aileen Gilroy, who's playing for... For North Melbourne, And I actually had Sarah Rowe and Ashton Sheridan that both played for they Collingwood, yeah. but they were away that weekend. They were playing in Adelaide in the preliminary final, or sorry, last round of the league, should I say, not preliminary final, last round of the AFLW. So they were willing to come down as well. It generates interest because you can see here's these guys that are playing AFL, but they've transferred their skills that they learned from Gaelic football and hurling over to the AFL and they get involved with local GA clubs around here. Aileen's sister, Aileen Gilroy's sister plays for Project Pierces hmm. and Aileen's um, sister Emma, her boyfriend James is in goals for our senior football team. Right. So they're all connected, in connect interconnected. So yesterday my son, when we were up watching the Pierces playing, saw Aileen Gilroy over in the corner and said, Oh, this is the AFLW star. Now if I could get older the wire down from Brisbane, which is a <laughs> a three hour flight, I I would take it or Ashley McCarthy, but you try and get as many people as you can, and those people do turn up to the to the sevens. Like Mark O'Connor, mm. Stefan, I can't pronounce his second name, but he's on the Geelong list as well. Ockenborough, he's from Kerry, and and they were up at the sevens. SAC too, he was up at the sevens a few years ago. I'm sure James Madden, who's up in Brisbane Lines, he's involved with GA up there in some capacity, and the new guy from Dingle that's gone up to Brisbane Line, Davidess the Lithuanian guy, David S. Usidis or something, he's probably involved in GA in some way like that. So it does create interest. And to see, I suppose we got lucky. Markeen was so hot and so popular at the time down in Kerry, you know, sorry, not down in Kerry, (laughs) but, you know, putting putting Kerry to the sword, that like it it hit the radio stations over here because I had guys that I work with that are just Australian saying, hey, who's this Markeen guy? He seems, you know, it's on the radio stations over here. He's after creating a bit of history back home and Mark readily available. I ring him. Hey, Mark, any chance of coming down, you know, and training the kids? Yeah, no problem. For yeah, I'll help out the Irish community. So it definitely creates interest amongst the Australians and definitely amongst the Irish. If you're into your GA, Michael, I suppose. But if you're not, social media is a great thing to promote, you know, that
4: kind
3: of yeah. way. So. That's great. Uh, look, just before we finish up, I just have a couple of quick questions. There'll be one word answers. Uh, the hottest temperature you've ever had to play a game in? Uh, we have what they call uh, extreme heat uh, policy. If it goes over
2: 36 degrees, you don't play. But at training, the hottest <laughs> training temperature I ever trained in was
3: 42 degrees. Okay. So it was what, nice. <laughs> yeah, sure is. Uh, what's the longest distance you've had to travel to play a game?
2: Longest distance is probably Geelong an hour and a half, but training takes me an hour and 10 minutes to get to training. That's one way. So two hours, 20 round round trip. So yeah, it's a bit of a traveling involved and my wife thinks I'm crazy, but I, as I tell her, it's what, I'll, it's what I've grown up with, you know? So.
3: I hope she's not in the background listening to the answer. No, <laughs> she's not. No, no, tip, she, tip no she fully or, supports it. Tiptown or Melbourne?
2: Uh, no comment. <laughs> <laughs>
3: uh, All Ireland, Hurling winners, 2021.
2: Oof. Lord Michael my heart says Tipperary being a Tipperary man I'm with my Tipperary top on me and the whole lot. Um it's hard to look beyond Limerick I'm going to be honest it's very hard to look along beyond Limerick they have they have that group of generational players that come along once in a generation and, and they're doing the right things and you know, John Kiley's a sh- shrewd operator, so it's hard to look beyond Limerick. As much as it galls me to say it, sorry, any sorry, being on the Limerick border, there,
3: Michael, you are. You know, <laughs> don't be sorry at all. <laughs> <laughs> but I'd have to say Limerick, yeah. Yeah. Uh, same uh, same question for the football.
2: <sighs> I made a, I'm a one of, one of my best friends is a Kerry man, and I said Kerry would win the All Ireland last year, and I was wrong about that, and. I'd have you. I'd hope that Dick Kerry would do it, but Dublin, I think again. Yeah. And um, as much as boring it'll be.
3: Yeah. AFL winners.
2: Well, my my son is a massive Geelong supporter after Zach too. so we we'll go with Geelong.
3: Mm-hmm. Uh, you mentioned earlier on that you you um, you taught in Torles for mm-hmm. ten or eleven years. You had a student. I don't know. Do you remember him? He's involved in the podcast. His name is Sean Smith, but he. Can- <laughs> He claims to be a better hurler at that age than Paddy Maher. Can you compare or deny? It? <laughs> is Sean involved with this, is he? Is
2: oh, what I'd have to say about Sean is that um, <laughs> Sean, Sean is a gentleman, but I can't put him in the same category as Paddy Maher. <laughs> uh, no, Sean, I know Sean, I know Kevin, I know John, I know all the Smiths. Brilliant, brilliant people, Kay and the whole lot. Brilliant people. And, and unfortunately, Sean, no, Paddy. He was a bit better
3: than you. <laughs> Let's <laughs> put it that way. And we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll leave it at that. Fergal O'Reilly, <laughs> Tipperary Town, Arval Rovers, and Melbourne GA. Uh, thanks very much for coming on the Premier Review podcast.